7 Million Bikes podcast couldn't happen without the support of our community. I want to give a massive thank you to our existing Patreon members, Zion Johnson, Brandon Thompson, Dan Jones, Andrew Barry, Annie Ver, Carrie Hughes-Parry, Pippa Clear, Tracy Wright, Alistair Chapman, Brandon Thompson, and our newest member, Tien Kung. To say thank you to all of our members, we're having a special pool party here at my new apartment. And thanks to my friends at Mixtape Brewery, we'll be enjoying the new green tea-based hard seltzer. Perfect for an afternoon of drinking by the pool. As you probably know, I'm a massive craft beer fan. Mixtape Drinks is a relative newcomer on the growing craft beer scene here in Vietnam, starting in 2020 by my friend Chad Mitchell and Taipei-based Sean Kidd. You'll often see me and Adri out in Saigon drinking their delicious peaches and cream IPA or our refreshing California Sun Juicy Paleo. And if you're in the mood for something a bit heavier and darker, their Molly Milk Stout is delicious. I was pretty disappointed when I found out though that it didn't actually include Molly. Through craft beer, mixtape drinks is becoming part of the Vietnam community through local music, art, food, and now podcasts. If you'd like to be part of the 7 Million Bikes community and support our podcast, then Mixtape is giving away four free cans to the next three new community members. That's worth 280,000 dong or 11 US dollars. To get your free cans, you have to be in Ho Chi Minh City and join the We Might plan or above. You can still support us wherever you are in the world. And when you do, next time you're in Saigon, the drinks are on me. As a community member, you'll also get episodes before anyone else, invites to special events like our pool party, and bonus content that no one else will ever see or hear. And I'll also give you a special shout out on future episodes. So join at patreon.com forward slash 7 million bikes, or you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and helping us pass 40,000 downloads recently, and everyone who supports us, including Mixtape Brewery. Cheers. Ever heard a joke and asked, did that really happen? My name is Neil Mackay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask, did that really happen? And nine times out of 10, the answer was yes. The difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take these moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, I'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? My guest today is Jade Esteban Estrada, all the way from San Antonio, Texas. He is a hilarious stand-up comedian who performs all over the US, and Out Magazine christened him as the first gay Latin star. Let's hear his joke. Now I consider myself to be Latino, but I wasn't really taught Spanish growing up, kind of like Steve. Um, which, which was kind of problematic because later on in life, I lived in Spanish Harlem in New York. And it was there that I was surrounded by Puerto Ricans and Dominicans who would greet me with, Hola papi, como estas? My Spanish was so bad, I'd be like, Oh, chante! <laughs>
which I know now means where's the bathroom. <laughs> a couple of years after that, I was doing a show in Acapulco. And I did an early morning radio show, you know, to promote the gig later on that night. And the guy asks me on the air, in Spanish, are you happy to be in Acapulco? I said, si, estoy muy excitado. Well, his eyes got real big and he goes, yo me emocionado, right? And I was like, nope. Estoy muy, muy, muy excitado. Well, they found out during the commercial break that excitado over there explicitly means sexually stimulated. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm dubbed the horny guy on the radio. Got the whole station in trouble. They were like, you have anything to say for yourself? I was like, enchanté. <laughs> Did that really happen? Mostly. So the enchanté thing is kind of like a joke that I always had to myself in New York. You know, in New York, they see you're Latino and they just automatically assume you're like Puerto Rican, Dominican, Latino, and that you're down with that. But what was always funny to me is that my white friends or my non-Spanish speaking friends, the more they got to know me, the more they realized that I was really far removed from the Latino understanding culture community. And they're like, you are so white. You don't know anything about Spanish, anything, do you? And so the friends that I once said, I said that joke, oh, my Spanish was so bad. I'd be like, enchanté about my experience in Spanish Harlem. I remember doing it in my room, two friends who knew me well, and they laughed hysterically because they saw the truth in that joke. I did go to Acapulco and I did do a radio show. <clears throat> and I did say uh, uh, excitado and the guy did his eyes got really big um, I didn't get uh, thrown out or anything like that but they were really uh, offended <laughs> because I, I said that and it was just a rookie mistake my, my initial fame if you will came in the Latino community and I had to learn Spanish like in three months. <clears throat> and so one of the stops was Acapulco. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had learned Spanish properly because I, I'm on radio and TV right now. And that was one of those gigs that I did. Just for, just for clarification, I was, a, I was a Latin pop singer with a little bit of success before I was a comedian. And so this was one of those interviews. So I think though what you touched on there is what the kind of we're talking about. So you said a joke in front of friends, right? And that happens to me as well. Like if I say something and mostly in front of my wife, because I'm always with her and she laughs, then it's like, that's, that's a joke, right? So yeah. how do you come up? With, how did you come up with this as a joke in itself? that you then take to the stage from these little experiences that happen to you? You know what? I, I'm going to go into this petty comedian talk right now. Years ago, I used to do my show and I used to make people laugh with jokes. There's a comedian that we all know and love here in Texas. He lives in Austin. His name is Jay White Cotton. He's like the John Lennon of comedy to us. He is just wise, 
hilarious. He's like the guy we go to for advice for, for whether it be a joke or the business. J.Y. Cotton, look him up. He's just a brilliant man. J.Y. Cotton doesn't even knock on the dressing room door. He just walks in because he's J.Y. Cotton, right? He sits on the desk that I use as my makeup desk, you know, in front of the mirror and stuff at the comedy club. <clears throat> and he goes, you know, Jade. And I said, yes. <laughs> he goes, you did a great show. You made everybody laugh for the whole time you were expected to be on stage. But I don't know one thing about you. You left and you didn't tell us really one thing about your honest self and where you're, where you're coming from as a person. And that still resonates in my head with my, the, with, with the authenticity levels that I have in my show. And that joke is special to me because it was one of the first times I said to myself, I have some great experiences that I can put into my shows that really happened and are funny. I should not be afraid of talking about myself. Honestly, Neil, I'll be honest with you. I thought if I say this joke, people are going to think I'm dumb because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my thinking at the time. I was like, I don't want to look like a, you know, a Spanish rookie, you know, whatever, Spanish-speaking rookie. And doing that show, doing that joke led to me writing more about myself. So that's why that joke is special to me. And as they say in storytelling, all good storytelling is not about the facts. It's about the truth. And that has, that was all the truth. Yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves me a lot to think about for my own sets as well. I've been, um, cause I've, like I mentioned, we've been in lockdown for so long now and we've just started doing shows again. And I've not really been during lockdown because as we met during a, doing an online show, I was doing online shows every week. And then as you build up a momentum and I was like writing more material, you obviously do comedy much more than me. For me, it's not, um, like a full-time profession. But I find it comes in waves. So sometimes I'm like, when I'm in that momentum and I'm just always thinking of new bits. And then right now I'm on the kind of like downward turn where I'm like, my brain is not really thinking of anything funny. And you're almost thinking like, I, I need something funny to happen. Like I need some like new organic material that's like, yes, I can use that as a joke. Do you ever feel like that as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For how sure. do you, how do you I stop? I'll even stop the beauty of the moment of that I'm living and go, God, this will make a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm constantly thinking about, you know, Neil, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but I garden here at the ranch and I, I see a parallel with gardening and, and, and jokes. And you, you cultivate your set and you dig and you dig. And sometimes you dig and you find a frog's hole with the whole family. And I can equate that to going, oh, that reminds me of the time that I was in Paris and that hilarious situation happened that I would not have remembered had I not been digging, had I yeah. not been blocking everything else out in my life, you know, and finding the truth of my life. 
and I always like to start with truth and then go with funny. You know, sometimes things are funny, but sometimes it's just funny to you and me, Neil, because you and I were there. You had to be there. Yeah. But, but truth, truth is a lot funnier than you think, you know. Well, this is the point of the podcast because of the amount of times that, you know, you would hear someone say a story and you're like, there's no way that can be true. And then honestly, nine times out of 10 or more, you, you ask someone mm -hmm. the question and they're like, no, no, that like absolutely happened that exact way. It's yeah. crazy. But I think it's good as well. I know you need to find it. I know I, I love Ricky Gervais and he, I remember hearing him on a podcast talk about he thought of a funny joke, but it, it wasn't like truthful. Like it wasn't his truth. I hate that phrase, but like it wasn't his truth. He just thought of a funny joke. And so he's like, so I decided I'm not going to use it. He's like, it was a great joke, but I was like, it's not like me. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Something where I like, I'm still like, I probably not really. Someone asked me recently, I did a podcast interview and they're like, how do you find your voice? And I was like, I still haven't found it. Like, I'm still trying to find my like authentic voice. I wanted to be like George Carlin, Bill Hicks, like really witty and acerbic and, you know, like making social commentary. Uh, and instead, I'm still making jokes about my robo vacuum sucking me off. So I don't really know <laughs> where I, I'm, I'm not really found my, my proper voice yet. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel you on that because it's like, I don't know. Um, the whole Prada enchilada thing for me really came as a result of this is me. This is me. I don't feel like myself unless I got, you know, my sparkly lipstick and my lashes on. I don't feel it's funny because a lot of women and, 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 female presenting people will put on their lashes and they'll go, oh, I look pretty. I put on my lashes. The moment I, they, they go on and they're right, I go, ah, I feel <laughs> funny now. <laughs> That's what it's, it's a part of me. It's a part of my set. It's a part of my life. And, and that is, that is a, that only comes with you being honest in your writing and finding these great moments, I think. Yeah, no, thank you. That's great tips for people listening and, and for myself as well. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jade, on this episode. My pleasure entirely. It's so nice to see your face again. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. Um, well, before you go, tell people, I will put links in the show notes, how to follow you on Instagram and whatnot, but tell people what's happening with you. Where can they follow you? Where can they see you? Where are you in the world? We haven't even said anything. Oh, that, yeah, I, I'm based in San Antonio, Texas. I perform around the United States um, for now. You know, I used to do, do other countries, but you know how it is right now. But we can still travel within the country. And I can be found on social media at the Prada Enchilada. <laughs> uh, it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Try to make it easy for people. And my website is getjaded.com. Awesome. So check out the show notes. You'll be able to find all those links. Make sure you check out Jade. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. And I will hopefully uh, see you the next time I'm back in Texas. I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we can. Are you guys, coming, ba are you guys coming back? No, well, no plans yet. We can't leave Vietnam at the moment because we wouldn't be able to get back in. But as soon as it is humanly possible, we will be on the first flight to Texas. So I will let you know when that's happening. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jade. All right, Neil. Bye-bye. Take care. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Did That Really Happen? A new podcast from 7 Million Bikes. I've been your host, Neil Mackay. If you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true, then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 Million Bikes on social media. The links are in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, It also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.